What? Rum. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Zoom with the, the loud voice coming in now. This is probably a good thing because people were recording things, uh, maybe you know, not without uh, consent or like letting people know, but it's a little obnoxious. I think no one likes hearing this at the start of, uh, of the session. I think it's um, funny too, because with all that money, you think they'd be able to use an actual voice. Pick a nice person, just a nice, <laughs> yeah, a nice, a nice lady, you know, who speaks, <laughs> speaks gently to you. It's like, no, just shove uh, an automated voice from 1990 into uh, the system. I don't know if anyone will hear that. I hope people don't hear that at the start of this recording. I, I don't think no. so. Okay, that's good to just do. Okay, yeah. okay. So let's uh, let's start this then. This is Speak AI uh, Office Hours. This is Office Hours 20. Um, we, we do our hand thing and it was easy math today, which is good because it's broken us a couple other times, um, but we got 20, so let's get those hands up. There we go, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, into the, the uh, well, I guess we're past, we've already been in double digits, but into the two zeros, the, the twos, which is wonderful. There's a guy I've been listening to right now, uh, Noah Kagan. I know that some people like him, some people don't. I like him. Anyways, I've come late to the party on him, but I love this idea because I've used, seen it in advertising before, which is like the idea of 100. So if you're going to do anything, do 100 of it. So he really wanted to build this YouTube channel for himself. And he's like, I'm going to do 100 videos. And if I can see what happens after the 100 videos, that's like a big enough data set and also like a big enough commitment to make decisions. And undoubtedly along that process, you're going to, if you just make every video or something just slightly better, you're going to have a huge difference in your life by the end of that. So I thought that was a, a beautiful thing. And just in like advertising and stuff, when we used to run ads, you could say, you know, I don't want to make any decision or assumptions based on unless I get a hundred clicks or a thousand impressions. So there's always sort of this threshold that you wanted to get to. So um, very interesting. I went on a rant right at the start. I'm going to stop this and pull this back. Uh, this is PKI. Obviously, <laughs> we do this every uh, Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So this is number 20. Uh, quick round of introductions, everyone. Uh, Tyler, um, one of the creators of SpeakAI, love voice, love technology, love marketing, data, analytics, trying to use that to do cool stuff. Dream is to use technology to augment content creation process in real time to generate amazing things. So I'm uh, working on that with uh, some wonderful people here. So let me jump in. Okay. <clears throat> Lauren. Oh, okay. I'm Lauren. I do accounting here and also admin stuff. Just a lot of business uh, building. It's been really fun building a business from scratch, pretty much. Uh, I wouldn't say from scratch. Tyler was putting together something together for a few months before I came along. And uh, just a matter of organizing it a bit uh, a bit more up to code. So that's been fun. And also working with numbers and words and lots of data, lots of um, confusing data, but becoming less and less confusing every day. You're seeing the light. I think you missed it, not so. But uh, Lauren said, I, I play with I play with uh, numbers and I play with words last. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was awesome. I was like, wow, that's a great tagline, Lauren. So uh, good, good stuff. Nihal. Uh, hey, I'm Nihal, uh, digital strategist here at Speak. I do everything from uh, helping market the product, write about the product, um, tell the rest of the team how to write about the product. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just 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 hit two months. So that, that, that's, a, wow. that's a fun little, fun Congratulations. little, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> survived. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a shock. Okay. Uh, I'm CTO at SpeakAI, <clears throat> working on this product. And uh, also I'm coming from the background with the full stack development, DevOps, understanding of the cloud, AI voice, uh, being a part of uh, the AWS, a community builder. And uh, yesterday there was a kickoff uh, 
about the program. So very excited to be around uh, the smart people and also from the development community. And they also talk about how to create uh, the content on the technical side. So that's a pretty cool to see. It's like, okay, business, you can talk and, and you can do a lot of things, but how you can create the, the engaged content on the technical side. So uh, the very excited things are going on. Mm. And did Amazon have its conference this week? Did, is that next week, this, this week? Conference about the reinvent? Or? Yeah, they were doing some development conference. I didn't know if you were It was the machine learning conference machine learning. last week. Anything exciting come out of that? Anything uh, in your mind? No new updates. It was like the general uh, mm -hmm. sort of a conference about one day. Okay. Uh, but the reinvent is coming uh, in Las Vegas uh, in person and online. Oh. Uh, so let's see if it's going to be a trip in December. Okay, there we go. Some exciting stuff. Okay, well, Basil, you have uh, uh, some topics here. Um, I don't know which one you want to go at first, but uh, well, you know, uh, we welcome you, encourage you to introduce whichever one you'd like to talk talk about. Okay, uh, I missed the last uh, Office Hour 19. Uh, just working on a speaker identification. You might see uh, the post on the social media and also uh, coming in the app. Just wanted to touch upon a couple of things related to the voice and the Speak AI. Uh, we, we all have love for the voice and we are all involved directly or indirectly with our day-to-day -day life uh, using the voice in the different ways. Uh, could be the Google Home, uh, your on phone, uh, Siri, or also the on Android Assistant, Google Assistant. So, how what, what Speak AI can make an impact using the voice, and where we are leading towards? What are the opportunities do we have uh, to make a right call uh, on this time? And also, or just looking at the numbers about. Uh, the market size and what's going on uh, in the industry with the speech recognitions and also with the voice. And it's, it's pretty mind blowing to see uh, the numbers are rapidly growing every single day. And of course the usage, right? Because it's coming in your Samsung fridge or it's coming on your watch, it's coming everywhere. Uh, so how Speak AI can make an impact uh, in that directions. Just add one other note that was an interesting one. Uh, McDonald's um, doing some serious work on speech recognition in the drive-through system. Uh, really trying to, uh, you know, figure this out. And I believe, you know, about, hitting, hitting about eighty percent accuracy at a test location. I believe in Chicago right now. So that was really fascinating. And I think this connects with a lot of things of this idea of hands-free, especially after what's happened with this pandemic and reducing the amount of physical interaction with, um, with devices, with uh, doors, with you know, basically anything. So definitely a focus on integrating this into everyday, you know, small businesses and everything, but all, all the way up to like massive enterprises. Um, what I think, uh, you know, has not, it has been worked on for a long time is this idea of speech recognition in general. The part that seems to, the part that sticks out to me right now is this idea of like intelligent routing or understanding what is happening within the speech recon, like within the, the speech from that speech recognition to then route people intelligently to what they need. So if you use McDonald's as that case study, you know, uh, great that they could transcribe your speech, but if they can't pull out a phrase from that that matches up with an order, then they're, it's a pointless system. And on top of that, there's the layer of intent that is necessary too. of great, you know, maybe you say, now I'm going too specific on this, but it's like, uh, what's the Mac, you know, big Mac, 
but someone says, you know, I want the Mac with X and they say it differently than if someone had just programmed hard programmed in, there needs to be this understanding of this meant that and trying to do that with accuracy to still make that assessment. So I think one thing that sticks out to me is that intelligent routing. And then people have heard me uh, harp on this too much, but I, I, I'm just very uh, fascinated with like the multimodal analysis, which is great. What is said, but how is that said? Because that's a whole different thing. And if we just look at what is said, we're missing out on a, a very important part of the information um, to intelligently route or make any decisions. What does uh, multimodal mean? Or do you say that many times before, but <laughs> I'm 100% on board with what that means? Multimodal is the approach of uh, multiple like sort of me mediums or types of analysis. So again, speech to text is one, you're transcribing it to text, but then it's like, what is the tonality? What is the speed? How did you change the volume in your voice? The other, another form of multimodal could be computer vision, where it's actually looking at body language and facial expressions, and then using that all in sequence to then produce the result or the output or the diagnosis or the assessment. Uh, the assessment. So, you know, in many tests, when they combine, for example, acoustic modeling of, of language with the actual speech to text, every, you know, they generally see higher accuracy in the output there. So that's the idea. If you combine those factors together, you're going to get a better, more accurate output. Can I answer your question more? Also, also, if you check, uh, Lauren, the Google <laughs> I.O., uh, the last update, they, they're talking also about understanding uh, by looking just what, what you're asking and understanding of the search or also understanding up from the images. So consider that you're asking, okay, I want to go to ski and this is the shoes I have, does it work? So you understand that you want to go to the ski at this location and this shoes doesn't work over there. So they will also recommend you that what type of shoes works. So that is understanding of the location, understanding of your patient and understanding from the image that you pass to the Google that, hey, this is the shoes I have. I just take a screenshot and, and send to the query. Uh, on the Google search hmm. So it kind of relies more on the actual technology to change itself in order to listen to you better as opposed to, you know, relying on the person talking to speak the way that the computer wants you to speak. And I would say, you know, also adding that, that context element into it um, as well too, right? If you, uh, like I was, when I got my new truck, <laughs> I uh, tried to use a voice query to generate where it was going and uh, it was dumb. It was a dumb system. So when I used that voice query, it took me to a place like 50 hours away in the United States when the location was obviously in Toronto and like it didn't make any sense. But a system like Google that's much more intelligent is using your real-time location, past context, and you visited this place to then make that assessment and give you the right result. So, you know, again, there's this world where there's a, a borderline of, um, you know, people worried about how much data is being collected and, and the ethics of it, but it's also when you collect the data in the proper way, it will dramatically increase the success of any of these engines. So um, there's a trade-off um, there. And I would like I would like to be routed to the right place into Toronto uh, and not to, uh, to where I was in Ohio or where, <laughs> wherever I ended up. I, I also see like the three things, to be honest, with the voice and speech integrations. And uh, if I if I lay out on the table, I see like number one is like the chatbot integration with the speak. And uh, what does that mean to the end users and the customer is like, okay, I just want to ask to the chatbot uh, is like when we talk about person X or when we mention the brand Y and uh, 
through the chatbot, through the conversation, through the messages, messaging part, or even with the voice in the chatbot, you can just surface those insight without you spending 15 or 30 minutes going to the each media and finding something meaningful, meaningful to you. So let's consider, let's say if you have 100 hours of media, you just want to filter out or surface the insights that important important to you within a minute with your voice without touching any single click either on the screen or on the using the mouse click and also create the, the final report uh, using that. So that's a one part of also asking many questions is like, if, if, we, if we consider in, in the psychedelic side, okay, when this person had a, a lower sentiment score, it's like, when was the last day? And then system can tell you the exact moment, maybe the exact audio or video clip, or maybe the journal as a text note, surface those inside. The second piece is with the Google Assistant Siri. Also, when you go on travel in your car for a long duration, uh, Tyler, we talked about before too, but basically just record, create a content and share with just voice without any doing manual action. So basically, otherwise you need to open your app, unlock, unlock your phone with your face, start recording, save, analyze, share. So it's like three step manually you are doing every single day. And that, that's a second beautiful piece to share your content I would say quality content too, without going on any website or anywhere. What if we call that hands-off marketing? Hands-off marketing. <laughs> that was two, that, so you have one more. And the last one basically was integrating in-app and also outside the app. So you don't need you don't need to even log into the application and surface for uh, the large enterprise uh, customers. Okay, that's okay with some stuff to talk about today. Any points, uh, Nihal? Oh, Nihal, you're unmuted. Hello, what's up, buddy? <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering, uh, when it comes to surfacing insights, uh, how d difficult of a system is it to surface relevant insights? Because recently I've, I've just gone down this rabbit hole of looking at apps that do, like Readwise, which uh, basically take snippets of notes from books you've read and it stores them for you. And the idea is it uses, uh, called, I think, spaced repetition or uh, like a, some learning technique to essentially resurface those specific notes, you know, two, two, two weeks later as a report, right? Like, hey, you haven't like checked out this note in a while. Um, is this still relevant to you? Or here, here are your top highlights from the, top, the, the past month. And I feel like that would be a very powerful addition to speak where let's say someone makes it a habit of using speak to analyze their work media or even just personal files, uh, resurfacing insights for them in a meaningful, meaningful way, but also in a way that learns from their past interactions. So kind of to your point of it being hands-free, even getting to the point where they don't need to be saying, no, this is not relevant to me. Right, we can just we can just surface insights, and then we surface those insights to them three times, and within our system, we realize that they haven't read this note, so we stop surfacing it, right? And building systems like that, uh, how how difficult of a technical challenge is that uh, to integrate uh, into our existing system? Uh, that makes sense because because what we can surface is like anyhow, these are the three insights or exactly. 
uh, importance we, we we find we found we found from your uh, your media clips. And if you say yes, this is helpful, that is a flag considered as a success, a green flag mm-hmm. that okay surface this kind of insights or having these words in his clips. Or if you say no, that's not useful. That means exclude moving forward. Mm-hmm. So what happened is like you are helping system to understand what is more important to you because what there is a very high probability that uh, what important to you is not important for Lauren and or mm-hmm. vice versa. So we cannot make a decision based on one person's personality that what is in general. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that is a, that is a best way to integrate in our system currently looking at just your insights and surfacing them and see, Hey, anyhow, is this makes sense? And I don't know if in one of the office hours, we also talk about uh, uh, probably, probably in first hand, one of the one is, Hey, anyhow, when you, when you, when you talk about this, your sentiment score goes lower mm-hmm. or when you are write notes or, or, or during the evening time, you are, you use this words or you use X, Y, Z words, right? Oh, that was interesting. And, and giving you the contrast of what other people are writing. I don't know if you saw on the Spotify they released yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is unique about you, right? Yeah. So it is all about you as a user. It's like, what are unique things system can surface just for you? I guess my, my thought there too is uh, sometimes I feel like we get into this, this conflict of what are business and enterprise facing features and what are maybe consumer facing uh, features because stuff stuff like that like personal insights or sentiment based on what you input into the system i feel like it's it sounds in, in my head it sounds very consumer facing hmm. but how would we for instance uh, make those functions relevant to an enterprise user or a business owner or a, a, you know someone actually using this to make business decisions we took a crack, took a couple of cracks conceptually at this and then started to do some things technically, mm-hmm. some which have been successful, some have not. Uh, I think one of the <laughs> first ways that we took at it, which is the dashboard of today, which is, um, you know, this idea of needs and want. Like what we were trying to figure out on is what across many different use cases and industries and, you know, job roles uh, were universally important moments within media assets or within language that we could use. So one of them for, you know, a simple example is um, every time a question is asked, some, unless there, you know, that, that's a, a point that you want to hone in on or an action item, or as Vatsal said, like if there's a huge, like sometimes it's the idea of it's like a very positive moment or a very negative moment, but then also just the idea of the, the, inc- the dramatic increase or decrease in uh, sentiment, right? And so one of the ways that I, we were just talking about that the other day, Nihal, was like, um, showed you that template for the email where you get a summary of every single day. And ideally what we could do is help people configure what they get in that email report. And the idea there is, for example, it could sift through all the information that you had inputted into speak the system that day, including, you know, video recordings, meetings, any notes that you had dropped in, anything you had scraped off um, uh, a web page with the, the Chrome extension, and then sort of summarized that day for you with some high level action items or, or, or things to think about. And, uh, you know, I, ideally, I think that's a very powerful tool individually, but imagine if you provided that tool to every single person on your team, 
And they were then increasing their level of awareness every single day about what had just happened in that. Like, I, I know, you, I mean, we've all experienced that of just like going through a day and that day was a blur. And you're trying to like reflect on the day and be like, what just happened? And to get a summary of that would be a very valuable piece. Um, so I think, you know, always there's that idea of like consumer versus the enterprise focus and then where are we getting adoption and then where are we growing the business? But I still always think of this idea of if we can make this valuable to an individual and make it so valuable that they can't help sharing it with other team members, you can really grow. And uh, yeah, just that's a couple, just a couple of thoughts on, on that piece specifically. Yeah, but even let's say, for example, if you are if you are working as a manager in the large enterprise and you're handling 30 people team and who are doing in, interviews individually and you just wanted to surface your own analysis to track what's going on uh, for my employees, it's like what exactly they are doing when they go to interview or do the research. So that's, that's also like I would put as a high level surface insight just for you as a manager or a higher authority who's just looking for the team performance or what exactly going on when they go to the interview or the research. And that is also my trigger, uh, another sort of conversations with your team members is like, hey, uh, what just happened here uh, in, in, in this one? And that is also sort of aligned with the, with the sales products who do the analysis on the sales products. Like how was that call? What happened? What are the words you used to, to make crack a deal? And this ties into one of the topics that uh, sort of talking about a, a little bit here, which is that like one of the, um, basically one of the topics here, Matt and I sort of both put it in, which was like, how do you make shareable assets for a growth loop? And then also this idea of like, how can you take short clips um, for longer forms of, of, of media? And it also, you know, this might be a jump, but sort of connects to your, uh, I believe, Readwise uh, that you were talking about, like this idea of like, there's spaced repetition that can happen on automatic um, you know, auto automatic intervals, right? Which is a very powerful system. One of the things that I've also, you know, tried to consider, and actually that's when I even took a crack at that, was the idea of like, could you have your media library and then could that be connected to an outside source, like for example, Google Trends. And when something starts trending, there's contextual cues that then surface information from your own media library. And then there's the possibility for you to, for example, say, oh, uh, this is trending today. Here's a clip from one of our, our conversations three months ago where we talked about this. Let's share that out that fits in with that, that, that trend piece. And you know, I think there's something very powerful there. I mean, there's some technical engineering um, to it, and there's still lots of validation required. But ideally, what people are always trying, what are we trying to do as marketers is you're trying to ride waves of interest, a lot of times following that through hashtags and, and just trending searches and things for the day, and then and then generating highly engaging content out of that that align with that interest that is going along. Um, so feel free to jump on to, jump into anything on that. And then I guess the bigger theme that we sort of want to talk about here is, great, you put stuff into Speak, but now you've made an investment into Speak, the system. How can we help make sure that investment is worthwhile by giving you output formats that are very valuable? So that content can be repurposed, it can be reused, it can be shared over and over again and create more value for the people who have made that investment within the system. Yeah, no, I mean, the integration with something like Google Trends and being able to surface stuff from your past conversations or past podcasts or whatever would be great. I think that would be a very powerful communication tool. Uh, but then I feel like this, once again, maybe feeds into our 
kind of this recurring theme I'm starting to see where once again, is that, is that in itself an entire product, right? Or, and if, if that is an entire product, what is speak? So does speak become this once again, like do, does our focus shift from speak being the product and turn to speak being the engine that runs, you know, five different products, uh, because what you're saying, for instance, with the Google Trend, like there's probably companies that would pay like hundreds of dollars a month just to use that, right? Uh, but then it's like, okay, now if we're packaging that, is it possible to market that? And you'll basically have a company come in using this one very specific function that they see as worthwhile. But now you have this entire unused system that they don't really see value in, right? Um, my concern, not my concern, I guess, is what <clears throat> you actually need the rest of the engine to make that other part work. Like unless you have the media files transcribed and analyzed or run that layer of analysis, you can't make that connection happen. At the default, you need a library that hooks into that. Right. And then, for example, gives you, oh, wow, entity that is trending is this. Oh, we found this entity mentioned 50 times in the media library. And now I need to be able to export that as a clip for example. Right. I, I guess for me, it's just more like if, if like as, as an end user, all I really care about is the end product. Mm. Right? I, don't, I don't really care about how that end product happened. Right. So if, if you were to package this as, let's say, as an enterprise solution for um, automatically syncing. So, so for instance, I could see this being super useful for uh, PR agencies or marketing agencies that work with different brands. Right, where let's say granola is trending and you work with a granola brand. <laughs> it automatically uh, generates, or it'll, it'll surface insights and hey, like you had this conversation about granola two months ago, um, share it on social, right? But I, I, to, to me, I can't see an end user caring about, oh yeah, here's this entire media library um, and there's this transcript and there's, you know, this is the entire process that got me to that point versus click a button, generate your assets, you're good to go, right? Um, so so that's, that's just my thought where it's, it's, it's almost like speak. Yes, if you wanted the speak suite, you have access to that. But if all you wanted was speak trends, right? That's what you get, right? And, and it, it presents interesting marketing challenges, but it also presents interesting opportunities for upselling and almost packaging um, like, you know, you just want trends. It's 25 bucks a month. You want the entire speak suite. It's 200 bucks a month, hmm. right? St stuff like that. So you're creating multiple gen revenue, uh, generation streams that aren't reliant on someone just buying your entire enterprise software, for instance. Right? Yeah. So. yeah. And I would, I would preface all that with like, I have no idea how to engineer. What I would, what I would echo on that Nihal, absolutely yeah. agree. And, and again, this part also we discussed at some point in the first office ever, if you go back and look at, mm -hmm. we talk about the exact same thing is that speak is not going to be just one product. It's always going to be an engine, yeah. which runs the multiple products just to exactly what you, mm -hmm. what you elaborate is like it's, it's it's in my view in my vision it's going to be uh, the separate products and the speak what we have right now is going to be 
a base engine mm-hmm. and all this product runs on top From, of that. Yeah, yeah. So for example, I don't know if you use the Zoho, the Zoho, they have the base of the engine and all other products in that suit is like just the sub product of the Zoho. And these all products are integrated with each other. Uh, so, I mean, that's sort of a same idea, but it's been a, in a decade, uh, he's, right. the companies in the market. So that makes sense. Uh, but it, it is definitely at some point, either we need to put it or that the, the situation is going to happen in such a way that we need to create the, the sub product of the speak to manage the different use cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely need to, I mean, we need to scale those resources. Uh, uh, you know, like that's not something that uh, Vatsal himself here can, you know, yeah, exactly. We need a whole team. Yeah. Like we need a team of 50 engineers who just runs the one yeah. department, that's yeah. the marketing or the healthcare side. It would be lovely. It would be lovely. And I mean, it's, it's hilarious. As That's you a get, goal. <laughs> it's, exactly. It, we, it, I mean, it, it's just hilarious. Like as you get deeper into, you know, all these, all these little niches that you weren't necessarily aware of, like how specific some of the solutions that mm-hmm. people are looking for are like, what a weird thing to ask, but that makes perfect sense now that we've had this discussion. And now it's just, again, like driving and prioritizing that of, of how we build, considering the, the limited capacity. I do want to, I guess, double tap on this idea that Vatsal um, is, is sort of bringing in, which is, again, like, how do you take, Vatsal, maybe you want to talk about this for a second, but like, how do you take these, guess, share your experience with um, clipping last weekend. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, yes. <yeah. laughs> Let's talk about that for a moment. It's very interesting. That was very interesting day because uh, if you check my uh, analytics on my website, I spent around nine hours on Saturday and Sunday uh, listening 18 office hour clip which was around 18 hours average for two days, which was nine hours each, going through and finding the insights because we uploaded all this video and the office hours on the speak and speak helps me a lot to identify the key moments, which I might missed. So that was the critical part. And also on the Friday, that was the trigger is that, okay, I want to know where the speaker are separated. Okay, where Tyler talk about, where Nihal talk about, Tyler talk about, I talk about, and try to understand the key moments from that. So on, on last week, I because I know what I talk about, and I can make a decision based on that, what is more crucial, and what is important to share with the public. Uh, let's say I, I can make a decision from Tyler's talk is like, okay, what we can clip out from his talk It's like, okay, he talks about 50% or 60% of the whole office hours. But what are the key moments in that? For me, it was easier because, because I know what I talk about. And probably, let's say in, in first office hours, it was only three key moments, which can help who's listening those clips. So, I mean, the purpose is not just to create a content, but to also to create the quality content so that that can help and triggers another checkpoint. It's like, oh, this is interesting. Let me watch back the full office hours. Something like that. Or, oh, let's check out this website. Or let's what's going on here. And uh, and, and on the engineering side, it was a uh, it was a fun, and, uh, and and created a script on the back back end. You just need to point out that the, the start time and end time, what you want to capture. Let's I want to start at five minute thirty second to six minute fifty second. That's going to create a one clip. And you also can run this thread in the multiple instances. What does that mean? Is like, oh, 
I want to create 515 to 630, 830 to the 915, and 1015 to the 1030. So these are automatically going to create just three separate clips for you uh, uh, right now from the back end. But at some point, the goal is to figure out the UI UX and uh, put it on the front end. And, and, and you, just, you just need to select the text on the transcription, either right click and it, which might probably say the create highlight or the highlight whole section where you can create your highlights within, I don't know, within a, within a second based on the duration uh, right away. And uh, it's always going to be the downloadable assets. You can track them you can share everywhere. And my goal is to share, I have the whole list. Where do I want to share the clips which I created starting from the hacker news to the indie hacker, to the LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, I mean, Facebook is not the ideal ideal platform to be honest for me to, to put those clips probably, uh, but uh, to see and what works and what not and what that triggers in and how also the business, but also the more importantly, the people who are listening to those clips. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's all sort of, uh, after he looked at me, it's like, ah, oh, man, these clips are too short. There's not enough, not enough context here in these clips, which it might be true in some regards. But then I saw later on, commented on a LinkedIn post about that guy who said, <laughs> the future of marketing is 15 to 45 second clips. Right, and I mean, we've known that for a, a while. Gary, Gary, I mean, I shouldn't attribute this just to Gary Vee. Lots of people knew this, but he sort of standardized this idea of like the content pyramid. Take one long form piece of content, make multiple clips, repurpose it as much as possible and share that out in accessible, engaging ways. And if you can do that at relevant times, the more success you'll have. And I mean, at the core level, what do many of us know is true? There's too much media being generated. Every single person has a podcast. Every single person has a YouTube uh, channel. And so you're, really, it, it is very hard to get someone to uh, listen to an entire thing. I get people say every day, oh, you got to watch their show. Or, you know, oh, man, this podcast episode is so good. You got to listen to it. It's like, I don't have the time. So really knowing that, that limited attention is one of the biggest um, challenges of today, especially as a, a, market, as a marketer how can you actually fit in with that paradigm? And by taking very punchy, crispy moments, um, there's a lot of power uh, within that. So if we can help automate that, expedite it, uh, you know, you know, again, connect that with contextual moments that are happening in the world, a lot of power um, within that system. And I, I'm gonna give my work, this was fun. Right? We're uh, going into time here. Just like one other part that I'm, I'm trying to think about uh, to add on to this, which is how can, how can you repurpose these like audio? We've talked about this before, that's all the time, but like, how can you repurpose audio into video? How can you repurpose video? And like, how can you take one medium and then duplicate it into multiple mediums? And like, one of the things that I really see as a differentiator that we have in speak is that obviously the transcription part is one piece, but the, the named entity recognition part, which is identifying these things out and what we've started to see is a lot of people taking, you know, podcasts or moments in video and then generating an audiogram, which is, you know, generally an image that they share or not an image, it's a video, but it's an image. And then there's sound waves and maybe the, the, what someone's saying is there and then it's nice and branded. And so what you're allowing people to do is take, uh, you know, an input of a podcast episode and then produce 60 small clips that are branded and customized that you can share contextually. Just something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, which is like, how can we build more of an output and how can we make that a little bit of a growth loop for us where we should create something that's so shareable that someone else wants to figure out how they created that and then 
oh, that's speak that created that, and then bring them back into the system to do it. So spending a lot of time on that. I'm going to do a little, I've got a, a weekend project. One last part of this is like a weekend project of how, how we can use the named entity recognition to produce audiograms that are much cooler than any of the other audiograms in the market right now. Um, so I'm going to do a little project on that. Uh, I look forward to sharing that. It might be horrible, but well, I'm, going to, I'm going to take a crack at it. Uh, that's that's uh, just that. add uh, just add on that. It's going to be a clipper dot Clipper, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then one other part, actually, on this is this idea of like GANs, like uh, these these networks that can. So one of the things I'm asking, sorry, that's all to Tim, is like, how could take? So right now on LinkedIn, I say I write a, a caption on LinkedIn, and what what's the normal process that you're doing? Is you're going to, for example, Pexels, and you're grabbing an image from Pexels. Except now everyone is seeing the same images all the time because everyone knows you go to Pexels and find free stock photo. And it's like the same model sometimes. It's just like the same person. Uh, and so it's like, how could you take a, a, a caption that you write, you write that caption in speak, and then you generate an image using the, the, the analysis of the language. So using, like you're creating the featured image from what you just wrote in that note. So it's relevant and ideally it's stylistic and it's engaging and you are then creating completely original content that's uniquely yours automatically instead of having to rely on stock photos using an image that's not like labeled for reuse and possibly getting in trouble or using uh yeah just photos that everyone has already seen before so um that's my a little bit of a side mission quest. that's okay. that's called nft nft yeah no i actually thought about that i i that actually, i have an um there's a i have uh, there's an NFT domain uh, that I'm looking at right now, uh, another domain in the library, sorry, Lauren. Um, but it's like you could generate NFTs automatically through that that are very unique based on the language. I don't know much about this stuff, so I should Basically, you can, you, can, you can sell uh, those, those images which is customly created and unique to you. It's called yes. non-fungible tokens. And uh, you can put in the market. And uh, if, if one of one is a valuable, you can sell by whatever, 1 million, 10 million, depends on the the uniqueness of that image just, just just imagine take but you could create an nft based off a conversation like that's the crazy part like you could have two amazing people sam harris lex fridman talk run it through speak the engine and then generate the nft at the end of it that is a representative of the conversation yet entirely unique that all right sorry Neil, go ahead <laughs> I was, I was just going to say, say Sam sounds like a separate product to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a creative day. It's a Friday, right? You know what? We, we have fun here. Okay. Lauren, you have been silent for 40 minutes. Um, I'm going to uh, lean into you here now. We've had some time. Left. Let's uh, let's talk about what you uh, want to talk about today. Let's, let's, let's do it. Uh, sure. I'm trying to remember what my topic was to begin with. I think it has to do with uh, improving your um your uh it was using voice recognition <laughs> to train your speaking skills yes <laughs> i think that's a great idea i'm not sure uh, how much work that would be although on the actual speak side it seems like a whole another platform altogether is setting up some sort of training to track how good of a speaker you really are uh, I was thinking something along the lines of like a guitar hero kind of thing, where it's like uh, it provides you with like a script that you have to read, and then it will you have to record you know what's on the screen, and then it'll play it back to you and it'll show you like moments where it's like oh you're not you're not uh, speaking clear enough, you're not uh, you're not enunciating I suppose, 
um, and just kind of trying to improve upon that and trying to make you a better uh, public speaker. Um, that's kind of what I always thought that speak could be used for or just you know transcription in general, but uh, this could be a fun way of gamifying it. It seems to be a, uh, a big, um, a, just a, a way that people are always trying to turn software into just making it fun in some way, educational. Um, so just curious what the process of that would look like, if it's even the best way of improving your, uh, your speech patterns. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to bring up. What are the best metrics to even track for giving you a rating out of 10 for, for your communication skill or maybe? Uh, you look at, there's actually, I mean, I've been down, I've been, I've been down this path. Uh, there is a Toastmasters uh, feedback form that is the most ridiculously long form that you do. So if you go to Toastmasters, they will give you the feedback and it's very structured. Uh, typically, I mean, at, at a high level, look, people look at words per minute. If you're speaking too fast, then you're not necessarily communicating effectively. It can be used for expression and power, but it's not generally. And, you know, a simple one that we've already tackled here at Speak is the idea of like filler words or filler phrases, actually, like um, uh, these, these things that you can sort of identify and extract out. And then there's a whole other range. Part of that was like how you present, how you stand, uh, how you're, if you're holding objects, you know, properly. Uh, and Lauren, I mean, this is an amazing piece and actually it was part of the original, just I shared this quickly, but like was like when I first started Speak, when I, I had to do a talk on AI and real estate and I was scared crap, crapless. Yes, I did that without swearing that much, but like they paid me quite a bit of money to do that speech and I had to do a demo and I had to talk about AI, which at that time I don't know how I ended up with that job. And I was just so scared. I would just record videos of me practicing that presentation over and over again until I drilled down on like the final presentation that ended up well. And what I was annoyed at was, or what I hacked together was a system to take that recording, transcribe that, and then find the moments that I thought were good to then pare that down to the final presentation. But there wasn't necessarily good analysis ability that was helping in that process to understand how you sounded. And then lastly, just two companies that are looking at this virtual speech, which is an amazing company. They're doing this in VR, amazing technology that they've built. And there's one more, I'm going to forget it, it'll come back, but Microsoft has actually invested in this a lot. They're doing this in PowerPoint presentations now. So they started with subtitling and capturing, but now when you're doing a presentation, after your presentation, you can actually get feedback on words per minute, sentiment and everything too. So if you do look at it, yeah, rehearse your slideshow with presenter coach. They introduce presenter coach to help with exactly that. So obviously they think there's a market there, there's something valuable. I remember seeing that and was like, you know what, this is probably scary for us to try to tackle and beat Microsoft in PowerPoint, but uh, some really interesting thoughts and some, some things to learn, learn from it. Thought everyone in uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Lauren. Anything else? Yeah. Can you see that at all being uh, a fun process though, or is it all just a matter of just improving your speech skills? Um, do you think? Um, no, I think the Guitar Hero for Speech uh, idea is hilarious and awesome. And there's actually, um, there's a group in, I believe, Finland, or that they do, they have these amazing performances where they go up in a club and instead of like doing like freestyle karaoke, like karaoke or anything, they will just perform 
famous people's speeches. They were performed famous speeches. And it's like this really engaging thing that they all tried to, to do. So I think there's a lot of like fun and joy. And like, I think you could map out someone's speech and just like Guitar Hero, you, you know, <laughs> sort of replicate the patterns as it comes along. You know, again, the ideal, I guess, is, you know, I can feel my own inner part of me, like, Todd, come on, ground ground yourself. This is unnecessary. And it's not going to happen for us right now. We're not going to do this right now. A very interesting thing to think about. I think that filler words and a couple of things that we're tackling with Speak already supplement this process. But I, again, there's companies that are building this just as an individual product. There's a company called Ori, literally just focusing on this. So we're never going to beat those companies that are, this is their only core focus because we've built a large engine that's doing multiple things. What, what I think if what we can help, uh, uh, to be honest, is like people who upload the media to analyze and also transcribe it. And we already have the power to find the communication intent. We just need to put in the, gra in the, in the graphic format or maybe the graphs or trying to explain about your communication skill into the three or six different segments and uh, what type of words you are using, why you are using. It's not absolutely right now, it's not going to use or go via with your voice. It's more basically going to be based on the text. Uh, but we do have that opportunity uh, right now in the existing system to display by the communication intents and, and putting it to the category that, oh, you talk 30% the past sentences, but you, you talk 20% words versus now, something like so yeah and i think even that sounds exciting <laughs> <laughs> but you have a couple self-trained like you did that you did the speech speaker identification part or like tracking of who speaks and how long they speak like that's not necessarily just public speaking but that's a big part of training your communication and especially in that sales process of like you know i fail miserably at this most of the time but you're supposed to speak less than the person in the conversation so you can use the, some of the analysis within speak to help you optimize that and then the other one that Batsell first had the experience of when he typed you know into the transcript and saw himself say it like 50 times at a presentation and then I did it with a YouTube video and saw like actually like oh my god and so I've been trying to filter out actually since then using speak that was the first thing to ever give me the awareness of that so there's part of that is yeah. built into the system it's just not the entire thing but when you look at what is the name of the company it's speak AI so it's like augmenting speech augmenting your intelligence with with speech and language. So it's like at a core base, I hope that we can help people improve in that process. This just hasn't been the fundamental driver for our growth today. And so we haven't been able to, to prioritize. Sorry, Mark, I love you. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, we got one last piece. Nihal, friend, let's, uh, let's go. All right, so um, I feel like this is somewhat related to a previous conversation we had around growth channels and community building, but uh, I asked Tyler this question, so I just wanted to bring it up to the rest of the team as well, is if we were to build a community in our space, what content channel would we focus on? Would that be a newsletter, for instance, building a huge email list? of people that want to read about specific topics and using that channel as a way of upside. You know, basically we're providing you all this useful information uh, now by speak, <laughs> right? It's, it's essentially, but, but doing it in a way that is actually 
useful to the end user without the need for our software. So let's say we create a newsletter based on voice tech, but more specifically voice tech and its use in marketing or voice tech and its use in business intelligence. And we built that out as a, um, almost, almost I hate the th term thought leader, but almost to position ourselves as a thought leader in the space. Um, and basically just asking what, what would that be in your eyes um, for us? What would be something that we'd feel comfortable working on collectively? Would that be a newsletter? Would that be a more uh, focused and better produced podcast? Or would it be a series of videos? Um, what does that look like in your eyes? I got the question. <laughs> no, this, I, didn't I didn't make this up, but no one asked it in this too. It's like, so if you were starting if you were starting an e-commerce store today and you were going to sell something online, what do you, what brand do you think of? No? Sorry, Shop, what, what Shopify. Oh, Shopify. Okay. Right. If you're a business owner, you're going to start, you're going to, you're going to, you think what, what that is the leader in the space, not just based on the technology, but the community, the infrastructure, the support. I structured that question wrong. I did my best. Uh, Any, the, the, but, so the question is like, where do we, want to be that that thought leader like where as you've asked about that part and i also just think of two you know i'll give my own bias here is i've preached this for a long time this idea of just like try to get people's emails try to build a newsletter and try to get you because then you can get contact with them where we've seen for example the engagement on platforms like facebook or instagram just drop significantly and you know maybe 10 percent of people or even seeing some of your posts, not even that a lot of times, and the engagement is so low. So uh, with email, I mean, again, you have to deal with open rates and people unsubscribing and things like that, but there's still a lot more engagement that's possible and you can get directly in communication with someone. I would say even people get down to a lower level of that is SMS, but I feel like that's a little bit obnoxious right now. I don't feel the need to text anyone with any information that we have. And lastly, I think the one that I would love to see us invest in is, is YouTube. Um, I think that it's again world's second largest search engine. And I think that a subscriber on YouTube, hey, if you watch this video, like and subscribe, uh, that is worth a lot. And, uh, and especially if we actually had a good strategy around that, we talk about some very interesting things. And instead of just being long conversations, what could we help people solve? Um, you know, most searches on YouTube, not most, but a lot of them are how to video, like how to, how can I do this? And uh, I'll just look at one example, which has been a video that's not grown in any large way, but it's just like how to analyze sentiment on audio and video. That search ranks in Google or on YouTube, not that many people are searching for, but we've had multiple signups come from just that video alone. Um, so how can we replicate that over and over again and become a, a great educator and teacher of how to interface with media and voice technology and, and all these things? So I say newsletter and YouTube. I would add, uh, uh, there, there are a few statistics I just found from, from the internet. And uh, this is the research based on the last year after COVID is like what happened when everyone's working from home, what type of content people are looking at and what is the quality content to decide the channel growth. And the highest, is, it's, it's, it's the primary form of media used within your content strategy is the video. Because once you create the video asset, even if you search on the Google, what is the first thing pop up uh, if you're looking for something? So now they change their algorithm to understand 
either from the images or audio or video and surfacing those insights on top of that, right? The second highest is the block content, which, which, we, can, which we are sort of doing from converting office hours as a video asset to the blogs. And, and the third thing is converting those into the different interviews or the small, small clips and, and let's say the case studies based on those clips is like, okay, what does it more make sense? So, I mean, if, if I need to, if I need to, what I would put like the video, which consider as on your own website, could be the YouTube. The second is the blog content creation. And after third is setting those clips or setting the content out of the blog to reach to the more end users. So it's like, that's a top level to the bottom level breakdown. It's like how we can reach 100 million from 10 million quality, quality, uh, I think one of the, I guess, challenges maybe what Neil is also alluding to, though, like we took a small crack at this with our Slack, which I would say is an experiment, not that great. Um, but like the idea that there's also a, a community where members of the community don't just rely on us for communication, but can also communicate with each other, help each other. Um, and, you know, something like Slack or a Discord channel or someplace where they can interface um, is a valuable part of creating that community. Um, so. But that is also the ongoing work, which someone yes. needs to someone needs to engage the group, uh, maybe motivate them, share the content, try to create some engaged sure. activity, a monthly activity, which create the connections within the community. Good, good, so, good companies hire like literary director of community, like or head of community engagement, or you know things like this. And we've tried even with their office hours. We've had a couple of people who are customers or you know at least supporters of Speak come in here, and that's been really nice. And even I think we didn't necessarily execute on the format of hopefully one day in office hours, if we grew, it would be more of a Q&A or like a chat conversation, not just between us, but between people who actually love speak and that love what we're working on. So, um, Nihal, are you getting any of this or did uh, you have anything you want to <laughs> add? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just right. Just, just to get general sentiment, because I do agree. Um, Right now, as with anything else, our biggest limitation is just capacity, right? Uh, how, how much realistically can we churn out with, like, between me and you, let's say, right? Uh, so, okay, I mean, and I mean, we still haven't gotten Lauren's opinion, so maybe we'll have that first and then I'll, I'll give like a final thought. <laughs> yeah, when I think of like the community outreach, I feel like it's more so. Uh, you kind of have to have some sort of platform for communications that goes both ways. Like a lot of um, marketing work, it's kind of just like sending out the message. It's all just like pushing it out towards other people and uh, not really being open for uh, communication back in. I think these are great. These uh, speak office hours, especially when we have people come in, we can actually have like a conversation between them. Um, I'm not sure like what other things are really out there where you can have like a good conversation. Like there's, you know, or Reddit and things like this. But even then it's like still very limited. Um, so yeah, it just depends. It depends on who you're talking to too. Because if you're just like throwing stuff out there, it's kind of like to mass market. But if you're wanting to have a conversation about something specific, you kind of have to have someone in mind for that. And then they also have to be like open to come into the conversation with you too. So it's difficult to, difficult to say, but um yeah i think podcast is pretty good just because it's so 
you can get so much content in just one hour of work really it's pretty quick it's pretty easy um and it's like kind of guaranteed because like they're in front of you they're right there they can't really ignore you um you can easily just like send out a message and they just like delete it send to the spam or whatever um but it's like when you have them right in your face and you're talking to them you ask no question and they can't just like look away they can't just like go look at another screen or whatever um so yeah it depends it depends on like what your what's the outcome to you, like what you're trying to do um if you're trying to like reach out to that one specific person or if it's out to uh, multiple people when you're trying to talk to like the more people you're trying to talk to the more you kind of have to dumb down the message to like reach like a wider audience yeah uh, it depends it all depends to say one good example in the hall that I've seen is Gong, like Gong, just like basically data-driven sales. And the community that they've created has just driven immense growth within their product. And I would say that a large community also creates this idea of like FOMO of not being part of that community and then therefore also not using the product. Uh, so I, I've really seen them do an incredible job and they have a, even a whole dedicated space called Gong Labs where they do really intense, you know, aggregated analysis work on all the sales calls and emails that they've done. And then they present that in data reports, but then also podcasts and like office hour type things too. And people love that. And the engagement I see on LinkedIn and different places like astronomical compared to other companies who are, are not doing as good a job on that. I would just add, I personally muddied up the water because when people think of myself, a lot of times I think of psychedelics still with marketing, but then a couple of different, too many things probably um, that, it, that makes it unfocused uh, and probably presents a challenge from the community. It's like, what, do, what are you, what are the people most interested in? Is it voice technology? Is it natural language processing? Is it content creation? Is it marketing? Is it psychedelics? What, what, what of those is the biggest driver and where we would want to rally on? And if we're all making an investment in that, it's like, what do we want to be not known for, but like if you want to build your expertise and thought leadership in that space, where do you want to make that investment? Yeah, I'll close it out, buddy. Yeah, I'll close yep. it out. No, I mean, those are all very, very useful things to know because like I, I, I've been reading uh, this this book called Content Inc. So it's, it's by the guy that started the Content Marketing Institute. Uh, so Joe, Joe Pulitzi, I believe, and he, part of his, uh, he, he said, I mean, I'm not very far into the book, but two things he says are essentially, uh, most successful because content as a strategy is a very, uh, like it, it has a pretty long latency period. It's like, you, you like uh, kind of to Noah Kagan's point, you do it a hundred times and then you'll finally be able to see results essentially. Unless you have like a viral piece, a piece that goes viral, but most of the time it's very, um, it's like building blocks. So based on our capacity and kind of the multiple hats a lot of us wear, it's, you know, trying to figure out which channel we can commit to. So for instance, the office hours, like Lauren said, are a great, great example of that, where we've committed to this for, I guess it would be 20 weeks now. So fantastic. Right. But then it's now it's a matter of uh, are we seeing traction through this channel? If not, uh, do we need to switch it up a little bit? Maybe do a bit more work on the promotion front of these hours. Are these office hours even promotion worthy? Right, like it, it, asking some of these harder, harder questions as well, and looking at what are also some uh, 
multi-purpose content channels to Lauren's point where it's like, yes, we're like sharing information, but how do we take that and make it a two-way street where we can also actively share information, but also build a community, whether that's uh, on a separate channel, whether that's just active community discussions, forums, whatever it is. So yeah, I'll, I'll do a bit of thinking on what what we should do. I, I'm personally like, I, I kind of lean on that uh, precipice between podcast video and newsletters, just because I do think there's this resurgence of newsletters and kind of people building these almost walled gardens, uh, especially when we start moving away a bit from like third party cookie tracking and you know, it's, it's going to be a lot harder as marketers to reach who we want to reach. So the sooner we sort of find those people and, you know, really capture their attention and loyalty, the, the easier it'll be for us to start marketing and getting feedback on even new features or new products down the line. But it, it gives us, because building that out will give us a very easy uh, way into the people we're trying to serve. So we've had all these conversations about features and we're sort of making assumptions as to whether they're useful or not. Uh, but then if we build up this community of let's say 10,000 people on our email list, right? We can literally just go ask them like, hey, like, you know, like the speak team has been busy brainstorming a bunch of cool stuff to bring you. What do you think about like, you know, take this poll to vote on like which three features you think are the coolest and which three features you think are the most useful, right? And, and that, that'll really help us um, speed up our iteration as well because you know we might think x idea is fantastic and then our community tells us that that's stupid right <laughs> so uh, so just things to, for us to think about on that front as well okay well <laughs> 1 p.m <clears throat> i hope my hope is that uh you know uh, against various limited audiences who watches these videos or listens to them and i think as Vatsal, you know to put the effort in to repurpose some of these clips um, and so that the investment of all of us spending this time together, even though we all enjoy it, is worthwhile, is, uh, you know, a big, a big part of this. And now we have this wonderful library. And I also hope, I don't feel it is that it's, it's not just, this is just a, an ego fest of us talking about what we're doing and blah, 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 you know, this is actually providing value for anyone who's mm -hmm. interested. And we do touch on a lot of interesting opportunities and challenges within this interworking of voice and language and AI and technology. I hope we are providing value and from the feedback we get people really enjoy them and have learned a lot uh so i appreciate that that, that it doesn't seem to be coming off that way so um and also anyway. we should just last thing is like we should have to work on the the speak library project we talk about quite a bit of time but okay we, can we go and search throughout the library it's like off let's consider the speak office hours and also having a segment of the clips it's like then that's also sort of a content strategy right okay you can go and find and search where are those moments we talk about content creation or, or the pricing sentiment analysis and you will have those exact moments and you can jump and listen so yeah that's that, i just wanted to add with that note that we should have to work on uh creating not for i mean that will that will set a stage for other companies to look at how to create this content creation library and uh, that might help us to crack the enterprise deal quicker than we ever thought of. Okay. Yeah, I just saw their mouth. Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> we, 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 can, we can end this and we'll have a conversation along those lines. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. 
All right, this is uh, Office Hours 20. This was a ton of fun. Uh, thank you for joining uh, you guys, team members, and then also for anyone who's watching or listening to this. Thank you very much. Thank you so much.